Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Very active day on Twitter. I asked earlier on Twitter at The Roy Green Show about Kevin O'Leary. My question was, basically, um, would you vote for or against, would you be in favor or not in favor of Kevin O'Leary succeeding Stephen Harper as the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada and becoming Prime Minister? Here's a couple of responses. Mr. O'Leary's on the line. From Tony, yes, with a short-lived majority. I don't know what that means, Tony. Eastern Orr uh, versus Trudeau's perpetual blank stare. O'Leary would certainly fill in the blank. From Mark, certainly versus Trudeau. At least the man has held an adult job with real responsibilities and knows the value of a dollar. From Comp uh, Clark, just one word, yes. From Andrea, no. And then this last one from uh, Stat King. Better than the current space case. Business creates jobs, taxes, and pays for needed social and national programs. A sort of a fundamental a reality that a lot of people have lost track of. Kevin O'Leary, entrepreneur, chairman of O'Leary Financial Group, real, reality TV star, Dragon's Den and Shark Tank, is said to be actively considering running for the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada and attended the Manning Conference for Conservative Thinkers in Ottawa last week. He also, as I said, sent open letters of advice to Premier Rachel Notley of Alberta, Kathleen Wynne of Ontario, and the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. Mr. O'Leary, I'm sure they were thrilled to hear from you. I'm sure they were. You know, I'm just trying to call out um, what I see as incompetence, mediocrity, in some cases stupidity, and pointing it out to the Canadian taxpayer who pays for all of it. And I think we're getting to a point now, you know, when I see huge mistakes being made and deficits ballooning in every province and federally, that I think it's important that somebody open up a dialogue with the voter, the constituency out there, that is at risk. I mean, you ask any family today with a 25-year-old trying to get a job, can they find one? The answer is no. Ask anybody who had a raise in the last seven years, no. There's lots of problems, most of the debt. Most of it wasteful spending, and I think I'm going to take on the position over the next couple of years to call it out. I'm going to focus on it and call it out. And I think you can do with it what you like, but I'm not just going to criticize. That wouldn't be fair of me. I'm going to point out, as I did recently with Rachel Notley, an alternate path. If she doesn't take up on many of any of my ideas, then bring forward some of her own, because right now she's doing nothing, and it's costing Canadians billions of dollars and tens of thousands of jobs lost. So let me start with what you... Let me start with what you wrote to uh, Rachel Notley. You challenged the Alberta Premier over her statement that she doesn't control the price of oil, and so she's not responsible for the 73,000 Alberta jobs lost and the dollar, or as you name it, the dollarette, diving. You tell her she's a good part of the reason no one wants to buy the Canadian dollar. So what's the story here in layman's terms? What are you telling the Premier of Alberta when you write about sovereign funds investing in Canadian energy until the Premier showed up in New York and spoke uncoached? Yes, so it's correct. She does not, or nor does anybody on earth, control the price of oil. But what she does control is policy. So two huge mistakes made, and I'm just calling her out on it. When she came to New York early in her mandate to speak to the largest investors on earth, those who lead sovereign funds. Sovereign funds are, for example, $100 billion funds run by countries to invest their own money. Saudi Arabia, Switzerland, France, Italy, countries like that. They generally keep as investments, 10 to 20% of their funds in energy globally, not just Canada, everywhere. So what they would do is they would allocate 2.5% of their energy investment to Canada because that's what we are of the world's GDP, 
2.5%. That's how they allocation. The average sovereign fund would put in between 300 and $600 million into Canadian debt and equity in Alberta, because that's primarily where our energy and energy service industry is. When she started speaking, 45 minutes later, they quietly left the room, many of them, and sold out of Canada, because she told them in that room in New York, and this is a fact, that she didn't know what the royalty rates were going to be, and she was going to tax the industry for $3 billion plus in carbon taxes. She added so much uncertainty to the Canadian investment that they simply checked out. They took their 2.5% allocation and invested it somewhere else where government's more friendly. She didn't know what she was doing. She was uncoached. That's not fair to be too critical because she's never done this before, but she hasn't fixed it. She hasn't done anything about it. She's kept the royalty rates as an unknown, particularly on new developments, so nobody invests in Canada now because they don't know how to calculate the returns. She's an incompetent. I'm sorry. It's harsh to say these words. I don't know the woman. I've never met her. She has no idea what she's doing, but she's costing Canada jobs. The dollar's collapsing because these are sovereign funds that would buy Canadian dollars with their Swiss francs and then invest. They have no need for Canadian dollars. That's one of the reasons it's collapsing. Her sector is 40% of our economy. She's an incompetent. She doesn't know what she's doing. And there's no way to get her out. There's no fail-safe. So we have her for 36 more months, which is why I wrote that letter saying, listen, you're a deer on the highway with the headlights bearing down on you. The economy is going to run you over. You're losing hundreds of thousands of jobs. These are four ideas for you. If you don't want them, come up with something else. But if you sit there and do nothing, you will continue to degrade your own province. 73,000 more people will lose their jobs, and you will be a disaster. Your legacy will be a one of a woman who took this country to its knees. Is that what you want? I don't think so. Um, I'm always checking the clock when, I, when I'm talking to somebody. So I have a lot of things to ask you. Can you give us a quick tour through the four suggestions you're making to Premier Notley? The very first thing she has to do is repeal the 10% corporate tax increase, number one, because you can't do that when the number one driver of her economy is going down. The companies have less cash flow. They can't afford more taxes. Number two, you immediately institute a reduction in royalty rates on existing wells by 56 or 50% for the next two years so that there's more cash flow left in the companies to keep people employed. What the companies have done in the top 10 there have laid off 73,000 people because they can't afford to keep them. But what you do is you come into a program with them to enhance their balance sheets by cutting the royalty rates in half for just two years. On any new money coming into the country, in other words, go back to those pension plans in New York and say, guys, here's a new program. Any new money coming into Alberta, any new money from anywhere in the world, we will give you a 12-month write-off. In other words, a capital cost allowance acceleration. You invest, you take risk in Alberta, we let you write the whole thing off in 12 months, and we will give you a three-year holiday on royalties, all the money back to you. And what you do there is you create tens of thousands of jobs because every well needs people working on it. Those are the people that lost their jobs now being reemployed. Yes, you run a deficit, but it's a private sector-run deficit based on the efficiency of private markets determining where they put their money together. That's what you do when your commodity collapses. You help the industry and you tell every CEO that you are going to increase royalties after things get better, but you're going to support the industry that employs all those people now. She should do all of those right now, not waste any time. Monday morning, do them right now. Do what I say or suffer the consequences. All right, we're going to come back with Kevin O'Leary. I'm going to talk to him about what he's advised Premier Wynn to do as far as the uh, cap-and-trade fund that she's announced, $1.9 billion. You heard what Bjorn Lomborg, Dr. Bjorn Lomborg, had to say about cap-and-trade last weekend. 
And then we'll ask Mr. O'Leary for his thoughts on Justin Trudeau. He has those as well. Have a couple of other questions for us for him as well, and then we'll take your calls. Stay with us. Roy won't take no or no comment. Sitting down. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I'm on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. There is no reluctance to express opinions on Kevin O'Leary. You'll have the opportunity to do that in the next half hour after I speak with Mr. O'Leary about his open letters to the premiers of Ontario and Alberta and his open letter to the Prime Minister of Canada. Mr. O'Leary, when it comes to Kathleen Wynne, the Premier of Ontario, uh, you took a run at her $1.9 billion cap-and-trade fund and you said it was the biggest hedge fund in the province's history. What's the advice to Kathleen Wynne? What's the criticism of the Ontario Premier? Well, I think we have to take stock of where we stand as Ontario. Uh, we're $308 billion in debt. It's twice the debt of California with half the population with a long legacy of government waste. Wind initiatives, we lost $30 billion. Canceled gas plants, $5 billion. Trains to airports nobody rides on, $2 billion. So at some point, you break. In other words, the number one mandate of the federal budget is going to eventually be servicing debt. Same thing with Ontario. When you've got $308 billion of debt and absolutely no government's ability to actually balance the budget in the last decade, Ontarians should be concerned about their children's futures because this is an incompetent government that can't balance, that just is a spend, spend, spend strategy. The one that broke the camel's back for me was when I saw this budget, which they advertised as a no-tax increase with a big, fat slush fund in it called a cap-and-trade, trying to put a green cloak over it and saying that this was an initiative to reduce emissions. But it's really a giant hedge fund. It's a four and a half to five cent tax on gasoline in Ontario. Brings in about $1.9 billion. All of that tax is put onto consumer shareholders. As consumers, you are a shareholder of Ontario. But really what's going on here is that it's being extracted from the businesses that employ people now. So the theory is this, and every Ontarian should ask this question. Does Kathleen Wynne and Sousa, the finance minister, know what to do with $1.9 billion extracted from Ontario businesses better than the businesses themselves. Because what they're going to do is they're going to run a hedge fund that invests in green tech companies. Now, I can't find any history of Kathleen Wynne running a hedge fund, nor Sousa, the finance minister. They have no track record of picking winners in that industry. That industry is fraught with bankruptcy because the companies can't make it after the government subsidies fail. We're going to lose another $2 billion. And I think it's very important shine transparency under the slush fund. So I asked Kathleen Wynne in a letter, please give me the inflows each quarter, every 90 days, of where the money came from and the outflows. Where did it go? Because as you know, governments often have this challenge of really keeping on mandate. In other words, I'm sure someone in her government is going to spend the money doing something else because there's actually no control over it. Nobody's looking at it. But I'd like to look at it on behalf of all Ontarians. Number two, I would like to see every quarter a list of the companies that they invested in under what terms. What is the shareholder agreement? Did I buy debt? Did I buy equity? I'd like to see a list of all of them. Then I want an independent accounting firm to give me a mark-to-mark valuation each quarter of what I've invested in. And, of course, the most important, because she promised this to me as a taxpayer and an Ontario resident, she told me and guaranteed me she'd reduce emissions. I need that report quarterly on the reduction of emissions. That's what I want. I want that on behalf of every single Ontario taxpayer. If she promised this and she's going to spend $2 billion or $1.9 billion, then let's shine the light of transparency on it and let's see her perform as a hedge fund manager. So All right, nice, 
When I spoke with Dr. Bjorn Lomborg last weekend, he also talked about cap-and-trade as it exists in Europe, in that cap-and-trade exchange. And he said one of his greatest concerns, and it's apparently proven out, is that it's a, a field rife with corruption. Yes, well, that's the other issue. I've also asked for a headcount every quarter. She's going to hire hundreds of people to administer this. There's no evidence anywhere on the planet that this works. Europe has had a fraught with problems in every jurisdiction where this has been implemented because it turned out that these were just slush funds. All I did was call her out on it. All I asked for was transparency. All I asked for was accountability. Is that wrong for me to do that? No, it isn't. And I won't stop. No, it isn't. I'm just getting warmed up. I can't wait to hold her feet to the fire. She's wasting my money. Okay, now let's get to the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. He insists he's going to spend the economy in a good health by running deficits and funding infrastructure renewal. And at least one bank economist whose opinion I read, I can't remember which one it was, was on his side, even though the $10 billion annual deficits Trudeau campaigned on now being rumored to be maybe three or four times as much or maybe more. What's the, uh, what's the advice to the Prime Minister? I've just started my team to work on this, and I'll be reporting to the Canadian taxpayers shortly after I see the budget. But I think what's going on here is this. What happened was a $10 billion let's spend a way to growth mandate. People voted on and they brought him in. And listen, I'm an open book on this. I wanted to see what he would come back with. What I saw was in the first 60 days, he spent $4.2 billion in foreign jurisdictions, not creating one Canadian job, so I became concerned. I hear, and I'm going to validate this shortly, that he's going to spend $150 million on renovating Sussex Drive. I can't imagine how you could spend $10 million doing that. To spend $150 million of Canadians' taxpayers on a house is insane. You could build a brand-new city with that. Isn't the so National Capital Commission the ones to spend that money? My point is... That's not what we need right now. No, no, I agree with you. Great jobs. I agree with you. What what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be reporting on the budget when I see it. I'm going to tear it to pieces and point out the areas of risk. What I hear is happening, and it's very early days, so I don't have all my facts yet. I'm doing my research. I'll be reporting back with it on a quarterly basis, is this. There's a fellow named Jerry Butts involved in partnership with Trudeau who's now known to be a socialist liberal, a spender. He thinks you can spend your way out of any problem and let the future be damned. So maybe he's the driver in all of this, because I think what occurred is Bill Morneau is well known on Bay Street in Toronto as a very conservative spender, a responsible man. He probably came in with a $10 billion mandate to spend and got hoodwinked by this Jerry Butts guy. I don't know this yet, but that's what I hear. I've asked people that I know in government to tell me more. I'm basically going to find out really what's going on here. I think Butts has forced Morneau into a $40 billion mandate. He's probably very uncomfortable. But my guess is there's a lot of tension between those three men right now. They're confused. They don't know what's going on. And they're going to spend a ton of money and waste a lot of it on behalf of Canadians. And I think I should be shining the light on this, and I promise to do so. I will make sure they're accountable for it because we're going at risk. There's just too much debt here. There's no evidence you can spend this kind of money successfully or or efficiently in government. $40 $40 billion would be yeah. impossible to spend. They'll probably waste a third of it. Yeah. Mr. O'Leary, I have about two and a half minutes. Let me ask you a couple of other questions. One has to do with your interest in succeeding Stephen Harper as the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada and succeeding him as Prime Minister of Canada. Where do you stand? Here's where I stand. I'm waiting to see what occurs in something called ranked balloting, which Trudeau may bring in. If ranked balloting is successfully implemented in Canada, Conservative Party will never have a majority again. So I'm very careful to be watching for that, because what I want is control of the economy of Canada and fiscal policy. 
I'm putting around me a team, I'm calling a Team Canada of concerned private sector individuals who have run multi-billion dollar mandates in multi-sectors in our country that are very concerned about it. I don't want to be elected as a personality. I want to be elected as a team of individuals who want to correct the country fix it. And I want to do it at a both provincial level and at a federal level. So I think there's going to be two leadership races in the next election. I think the mandate for Trudeau is going to fail. Jerry Butts, Trudeau, and Bill Morneau are going to put this country in a horrible place in the next three years. And the way you'll be able to measure it as a Canadian, you'll be able to see that right. you won't get any, any wage inflation, your children won't get jobs, and the value of your house will be down 20%. When every voting constituency is unhappy, that's the time to bring a new ideal forward. So I'm thinking I could be the leader of the Liberal Party or the Conservative Party. It sounds arrogant, but they're going to need new leadership, and I want to bring forward a team. I have, 40, individual. I have 45 seconds. What would you do about ISIS? You know, here's the thing about ISIS. You've got to realize something. The last bullet they want to put through in a nationality is a Canadian citizen. You may not be aware of this, but I know this as a child growing up in Cyprus in the Middle East. Canadians were known as the peacekeepers there. All through the Middle East, we have the respect of multi-jurisdictions, multi-populations. They respect Canadians. We shouldn't be dropping bombs on anybody. We should be offering our services as a constituency and a nationality that can keep the peace. That's what we should be doing. ISIS itself is 38,000 radical individuals that are causing chaos in the Middle East. When Syria gets stabilized, they're going to be looking for somebody to keep the peace there. I would like to offer Canadian soldiers, the most highly trained and educated soldiers on earth. Can you stay with us? A, number one. Can you stay with us a little longer? I can't, unfortunately. Okay. I really can't. All right, I have to stop it here because we're going to go black in a second. The, just, the satellite's going to take over. Mr. O'Leary, thank you very much for the time. Take care. Bye-bye. I'll talk to you again. Kevin O'Leary. Uh, 888-225-8255 is my number. 888-225-8255. Toronto area, 416-870-6400. Kevin O'Leary. Yes or no as potential Prime Minister of Canada. What you just heard... Yes or no, as potential Prime Minister of Canada, 888-225-8255, 416-870-6400.